Welcome to Real Estate Investing Abundance, the show for busy, fulfilled professionals like you to learn how to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. Now, here is your host, Dr. Alan Lomax. Hello, enlightened investors. Thanks for being with us again today. Always a delight to be with you. Today, we are going to look at creating wealth through passive apartment investing. Charlie Vessel is the founder of Cordell Capital. Charlie has also funded and managed several successful companies in the Charleston, South Carolina area. He has been involved in multifamily commercial real estate in one aspect or another since 2006. He is an active investor since 2016, and he set up Cordell Capital to bring private equity to investment opportunities. Currently, Cordell Capital is partnered on some 786 stores of multifamily properties worth over $73 million. So, Charlie, take us into the show and share an experience that helped you to be who you are today. I tell you what, one of the businesses that I started as a, I think when I was like 18, was Precise Fit Golf. And I was basically fitting guys for golf custom golf clubs. It was me and my dad. My dad was just kind of helping me out with it. But, um, you know, I got really down and, you know, just wasn't booking enough appointments and, you know, this, that, and the other. And he told me two things. He said, one, first thing, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So he was like, always remember that. If it's going to be, it's up to me. So, you know, you got to get, just keep grinding, keep grinding and it'll happen. And the other thing was, Pray like it's up to him and work like it's up to you. So those two things, I remember sitting in his office when he was telling me those two things. As a matter of fact, I was 18. I just turned 45 on Saturday. So that was a little while ago. But I, I remember vividly standing in his office when he told me that. Sounds like good advice from a solid support system there. Yeah, he's always been super solid. Well, wonderful. Well, talk to us, Charlie, about partnering with excellent sponsors and other capital partners and how you get your deals done in conjunction with these partnerships. So we look for guys that are out there buying. We we tried to buy for about two, one and a half, two years. We put in a lot of LOIs, put in a lot of miles, a lot of meetings with brokers. And it was a nightmare of a year and a half, two years. We got, you know, we made it to the best and final in several, got awarded one that fell apart in due diligence. That cost me about 12 grand, just the due diligence part before we realized this was going to be a bad deal. Also, you know, and at, from there, we kind of realized that I was like, you know what? I've got buddies that are doing pretty conservative deals that I would consider conservative. I'm a very conservative investor. So, you know, that's kind of what we look for. And that might be why we didn't get many deals because we were just super conservative yeah. on our underwriting and stuff. But well, it's been a pretty crazy market these last several years. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this was in 2018, you know, people were buying deals left and right. So, I was like, you know what? I can probably go and raise capital from investors and bring them to, you know, bring the bring the investor relations part over to another team that's actively buying, you know, deals. Mm -hmm. So, that's what we look for now. We we have uh, you know, we have four different groups that we've teamed up with that we've brought capital to the table to their 
their deals and we've done a good portion of the investor relations on those on those opportunities. That way, you know, we got to make sure we're staying SEC compliant with what we're doing as part of the GP team. So I'm that's, sure. a, you know, and, uh, you know, even now, I mean, I've got to know somebody for well over a year, break bread with them, have drinks with them. You know, I've usually met their spouses, their team, been to their office, met everybody, you know, been to the properties, all that good stuff. So we, we vet them quite, quite a good deal before we uh, bring our investor capital into their opportunities. Charlie, sounds interesting. So how did you make that transition from attempting to purchase the properties to bringing uh, the capital to operators who are actually bringing the properties to the table? I threw my hands up and said I quit. <laughs> yeah, we, we put in a lot of hours, a lot of hours, a lot of work, you know, and with that, I mean, I started going to some, you know, while we were, you know, I was going to some conferences and stuff like that, meeting other operators that were doing deals. And that's really, it was at a conference is where I first met our first operator that we brought capital into their opportunities. Okay. Well, how do you go about actually developing these partnerships? Like I said, man, I, I've met every single one of these guys through, you know, meetups or, you know, meetups or, you know, conferences or just, you know, meeting them through other people that do what we do in the space. And, you know, we just meshed well together and kind of took it from there. Charlie, you do 1031 exchanges. What is your advice in terms of going about finding uh, 1031 exchanges that are viable and that you're fairly certain you're going to bring, be able to bring those to the table when the closing yeah. date comes? You know, it's been, I mean, we've been posting a lot lately on LinkedIn about uh, 1031 exchanges. I've actually gotten a couple of good leads from that. Some of our meet, you know, one of my meetup groups here in Charleston, it's not really real estate focused. It's more of a, uh, just a business meetup. And there's some lawyers in there, some real estate lawyers, and they know of opportunities to, that, that people are looking to 1031 their money. And I'll be honest with you. I mean, the guy that just brought us, you know, over a million and a half dollars into a 1031 from 1031 money into our opportunity, you know, I've been reaching out to this guy for, I don't know, two years now. So, and he's been, he's invested in several of our opportunities, but he just called me up and said, Hey man, I'm selling some, some other property and I got a big chunk of 1031 money. Can you help me out with it? Absolutely. Now the, the thing about that is, is for other operators and guys buying these apartments, they really need to talk to their lawyers who are setting up the, the deal. You know, in the particular deals that we're in right now, they set up like a sidecar tick, which is a tenant in common agreement. And that allows them, that allows 1031 money to come into the opportunity very easily. And it also allows them to 1031 out very easily. We have a, we had another deal that we had under, that we were selling that we had under contract and we reached out to our lawyer. And, you know, we were looking to do a swap and drop and, and get a tenant in common in place. And it was just too late. And he was like, yeah, it's too late. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's too late to do that now. Yeah. I'd throw up red flags to the IRS. And so anyways, 
you know, it's it's better to think think those things through at the beginning of the, you know, when you're setting up the opportunity. That way it just makes it all easier. It doesn't cost you a pile more money to set it up later. You know, they're already working on it. They can do it while they're, you know, setting up the PPM and operating agreements and all that. Well, yeah, that is the thing with the 1031 exchange. Those timelines are are absolutes and it is they're a good way to defer your taxes and save you money on those transactions, but they are just tricky in terms of meeting those timelines and getting all of the properties lined up. They are. Just right. We're, we're kind of in a fortunate position to where we work with several different operators. So we'll always have a deal going on. Mm-hmm. So we can always kind of, you know, we can always get that, get that money in there. Charlie, you have a lot to offer. Investors, tell us how we can get in touch with you to take advantage of that. You can go to our website, Cordell Capital, Cordell, C-O-R-D-E-L-L, capital.com, and sign up to be on our investor list. And we'll, uh, you know, we'll send you information. We usually send out a couple of uh, emails a month unless we have an opportunity going. And then we send out quite a few more. So, yeah, we let you know about it. And all of that information will, of course, be in our show notes as well. Yeah, Can we're we... also active on LinkedIn, Facebook. We have a Facebook group with just over 2,000 members in it right now. So, yeah. Okay. Lots of ways to get hold of Charlie. Charlie, what's going on in the stock market these days? I don't know. I don't have any money in there. <laughs> okay. But I talk to a lot of people that do. As a matter of fact, one of our investors, she was a... um an accountant in Manhattan for lots of years. She, uh, you know, was just sick of the politics up there and everything, moved down to Charleston. I just had a call with her. She's taking all her money out of the stock market. She's taking a massive loss and took her money out of the stock market. And she's just doing real estate from now on. And I mean, this is a lady that deals with, you know, pretty wealthy people's money every day. So if she knows better than, you know, yeah. we should all know better. Right. Well, yeah, who knows what's going to happen with the stock market? Yeah. I mean, stocks, from my perspective, I, I just don't, I'm like you, I don't have any money in the stock market. And and the reason is, it is just, it is so uncertain, even in good times and in the times that we're in right now, which are quite uncertain. I just, don't know of too many people who are making <laughs> predictions at the moment. Well, there's of such all a of the uncertainty. There's such a big difference between the 2007, yeah, you know, 2006, 2008 crash between now. I mean, you, know, you look at Florida. I mean, the excess in housing in Florida, California, Las Las Vegas. I mean, there was just so much inventory. Mm-hmm. Now there's none. Right done in any of these markets. So, you know, I don't think it's going to affect the housing market like people think it will. It, it, this is, you know, this is just a totally different kind of, you know, mm-hmm. recession where it's, you know, the housing market's safe. I mean, we would have to, you know, we're, I think right now we're like three to $4 million or million, you know, residences short of where we need to be. I mean, I know here in Charleston, Houses that go on the market, they sell in a day. I mean, they're under contract in a day and they go for way above asking price. Even right now, you know, I mean, it's not slowing down. Even though interest rates are going up, 
interest rates in our in, uh, in our space it causes our cash on cash to drop some but um and we've seen that on a couple of our opportunities you know what 2 years ago i mean mm-hmm. you were looking at a 9 to 10% cash on cash and now we're at like 6 7 mm-hmm. on a pretty good deal mm-hmm. um but that same deal if it's uh you know if it's played correctly like some of our opportunities i mean we have some you know, some pretty good value adds in one specific market that we're targeting right now that, I mean, we're still looking at like a 16% IRR with a 18.2% average annual return. Uh-huh. So, I mean, you know, that's just, and all that's projected, of course, I guess I need right. to go ahead and say that, but there's still good opportunities out there. And mm-hmm. I'll be honest with you, you know, people sitting, you know, on dry powder waiting for, you know, stuff to just fall drastically, it's just not going to happen. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen. There will be more opportunities that come, but I mean, you know, real estate's one of those things, man. You just don't wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. So, you know, it's it's not like a stock. It's never going to drop, you know, 30, 40% or it can't go to zero. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's, you know, this is by far the safest investment out there is real estate. And I'm not just talking about, you know, multifamily. I mean, there's other aspects of real estate that are super safe as well. I mean, I know a guy that, you know, they raised over $60 million last year just to buy non-performing notes. Mm-hmm. And even that, you know, that may go go up as well, even though, I mean, you know, the prices of stuff are high right now, but people's pay are way higher. There's so much cash still sitting on the sideline. And we just got to go get it, man, and make it some money. You know, I mean, it's our job to help that cash out. I mean, I seriously, I look at our investors as people that we are helping out. Exactly, because there's no place to put that money unless there are investment opportunities out there to place them there. And the National Association of Realtors report just came out just a couple of days ago, and they reported that even though, according to the the two-quarter rule, we are actually in a recession now. In spite of that, June housing prices increased over last year, and the average day on market for housing was about 15 days. That's nationwide, right? Yeah, that was nationwide. Yeah. So, so it's, it's still a very robust environment for real estate in spite of the tremendous increase in interest rates. So it, we'll see. We'll see where it's going. It's crazy times to be sure. Yeah. I mean, at five and a half percent, I mean, it's still free money. I mean, that's, that's cheap money, you know? Yeah, it is. Of course, you know, like you said, it is, it is driving down that uh, cash on cash return, but it's still, still good opportunities out there. Absolutely. And the, I, and I guess, and it looks to me like, uh, according to your friend who's been in the stock market for many years and pulling out all of her money and taking losses on it, it certainly is indication to me that she is concerned about where that stock market is going. Oh, absolutely. She is, 100%. And it, it is a conversation we had a month ago. This was a conversation we had three days ago. Yeah, yeah. The stock mar the stock market really has never been a very good indicator in terms of the overall wealth of the economy. It just seems to have a life of its own. Yeah, it's just so volatile. Yeah, so volatile. it is indeed. 
And even though people like Warren Buffett have made their fortunes in stocks, he has done it through tremendous amounts of research. He doesn't just look at stocks. He looks at uh, the companies that he's investing in. Right. Yeah. And see, when I have somebody who's like, oh, Warren Buffett made all his money through stocks. Yeah. Kind of. Yeah. He buys companies. He buys the majority share of the stocks or at least enough to have the voting, you know, a voting right. Mm -hmm. So he doesn't buy stocks. He does, but he's buying companies. He's He's buying buying. big pieces of companies. Yeah. Not the whole thing. So, I mean, he's, that's a totally different world. You know, I mean, yeah, if you have, you know, several billion dollars sitting around to go and buy stock, you're not playing the stock market. Yeah. You're buying the company. Exactly. Making the company better. So even Warren Buffett doesn't play the stock market. No. And he, I mean, he never did. Even when starting out, he was, he was, even though when he started out, he couldn't purchase majority shares, but he was purchasing shares. In companies that he knew very, very, very well. Right. So a very, very different thing there. Very different. Charlie, what else do you have to offer our viewers and listeners today? What final words do you have? I mean, like I said, man, I think that we bring a lot of value to our our investors. I mean, you know, these guys and, you know, my investor avatar would be kind of, I mean, I owned a construction company for 10 years on a roofing company for six years. You know, my investor avatar would be a guy that owns his own business, you know, be it construction or plumbing, electrical or whatever it is, a pool business or anything really that, you know, likes to hunt, fish, play golf. I mean, you know, I can get on these guys level real quick. We hunt and we fish and we have fun, me and my kids and yeah, we play golf. I live six doors down from the first tee at a golf course here in Charleston. So we play a lot of golf. Played Monday and yesterday after work yesterday. So yeah, I mean, you know, we can help these guys out because a lot of these people, they don't know anything other than just setting up a 401k with the, you know, financial advisor that their buddy introduced them to and they're not making any money on it. You know, they're losing money and they're paying fees that are just outrageous. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I don't know, man, it's such a no brainer. And that's our gospel is to get out and preach this. Be like, look, guys, what worked for your grandparents is not really the route that you want to go. <laughs> you know, I mean, you need to be investing in something that's solid, that's going to make a good return. I mean, what we do is how wealthy people have invested their whole lives. That's how their grandfathers teach them to invest. They don't say set up a 401k and go work until you're 65. And, you know, hopefully you'll have enough money to pay the bills until you're dead. I mean, that's not how we want to live. So we want to really, you know, help people prosper and live their best life and do that by having the financial stability to be able to do that, really. Well, Charlie, thanks for pointing that out. The the wealthy typically do not invest in 401ks or IRAs because of a number of reasons. One is, is that that ties up their money for 20, 30, 40 years, and they cannot access that to utilize that capital. Yeah. Here's a good book for you right here. 
what would the Rockefellers do? Rockefellers do. They this would is a not, good book. Yeah, that looks like a good book. By Gary okay. Gunnerson. And I've only read the first four chapters. I just got it. So I read the first four chapters and in last night, and it's a great book. Great book already. I heard somebody talk about it on a podcast. Uh-huh. And then I heard somebody else mention it in a LinkedIn post. And I was like, well, I got to get this book. And I'm telling you, it's, it's really, you know, it'll change the way you think about money. And the wealthy think about money and, and treat their money a whole lot differently than those of us who were not born into that wealth. Right, right. Because, I mean, the Rockefellers, they still have money to this day. The Vanderbilts, flat broke. And, they, you know, he, the Vanderbilt was, he was wealthier than Bill Gates, Elon Musk, all these guys all combined, all their money today, Rockefeller and Vanderbilt both individually had more money than all these guys put together. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Rockefeller set it up so that his family would prosper for generations to come. Vanderbilt did not. He did not set that up. He was like, well, the guy, you know, we have enough money now for everybody to live for, you know, generations. But no, I mean, within a few generations, that money was gone. Yeah. Well, the Vanderbilts aren't doing too bad. At least most of his heirs are not. We're here in Vanderbilt country with the, the Biltmore estate and they're, they're making money off that estate in all kinds of different ways. Man, yeah. These days, yeah. So. They still do have some, yeah. but it's yeah. not that, you know, most of them, yeah. a direct descendant of his of Vanderbilt died flat broke yeah, 60 years after he did. Wow. Yeah. Well, yeah, it uh, takes management to keep that wealth. That's for sure. Absolutely. Charlie, it's been wonderful talking with you. Thanks for being with us today. And I do hope that you get your air conditioning going here and that you yeah. make it through this day here. Enlightened Investors, thanks for being with us once again. Looking forward to being with you in our next episode. If you have comments, questions, please let us know. Thank you for tuning in to Real Estate Investing Abundance, brought to you by Steve Talker Capital, a company working for passionate professionals like you to develop financial independence built on solid, passive real estate investments. As part of our efforts to make the world a better place, Steve Talker Capital contributes to activities and organizations committed to better understand the equine. These endeavors attempt to enhance the human treatment of horses worldwide. Steve Talker Capital, working for a world where all creatures, great and small, flourish abundantly. For resources to develop your financial independence, connect with us at stevetalker.com.